Father, I thank you for your, your word. I thank you for your people. I pray for blessings for them, Lord God. Please bless them. Speak through me, Father God. Let me not say anything that is not true about you. Help me, Father, deliver your message. Override my preparations. Let it be you and you alone to speak to your people this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. That was good. Easy, right, Jamie? <laughs> All right. That's, if you guys know the, the story, you already know that everything that, that was read, that, that you read, happened. Correct? Amen? If you don't know, that's your homework. That's your homework. Go read it and find out. Or turn to Disney. Speaking of Disney, I titled our message tonight, Do You Trust Me? I, it's a question mark. Do you trust me? You guys have seen the movie Aladdin? There's this movie, right? The movie, there's this part, the first part when, when Aladdin was just the, he was himself. And the princess disguised herself to be someone else. And they had to escape from the soldiers that were trying to get both of them. And there was that part, that line where Aladdin said, Do you trust me? Which... Fast forward, when he was Prince something, he was, okay, all right. <laughs> and he was the prince, and he was asking the, the princess to go with him. He, she recognized who he is with that same line, you trust me. Now, we live in a broken world. We live in a broken world where, where, where trust is so easily broken. Because people are easy, they're, they're so easy to make promises, but they're not faithful to their word. But this is, this is imagine this as Jesus asking you if you trust him. Do you trust me? Now the calling of Moses, when God called Moses, because we are still in our series of, of God's faithfulness, God is faithful no matter what. Whether we believe it or not, God is faithful. Amen? Whether you like it or not, He is faithful. There's this story about, uh, in 1988, there was an earthquake in Armenia. And the father Samuel and his son Armand, before school started, before the earthquake happened, the, the father got down on his knees and told his son, Son, I will see you later, okay? And no matter what happens, I'll be there for you. This is without them knowing that the earthquake was going to happen. And then the earthquake happened in their school and the school collapsed. So the father, Samuel, went there, started digging. And, and, and the wife saw him and she started yelling at him, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm here, I'm going to rescue Armand. And she goes, give up. You see the pile? It's such a disaster. Don't even bother. And he goes, are you going to help me? She walked away. Fire people came. Many hours later, fire, firemen came. The rescue people came. And they, they tried their best, but they gave up. And they, they asked Samuel, what are you doing? He goes, I'm trying to rescue my son. Are you going to help me? They said, there's no point. They've been there too long, far too long. Just give up. The next day he was still there. 
he finally got to a place where he saw a crowbar and he saw this one pile of, of, of rocks and he he moved it and he saw an opening and he started yelling, Armon, Armon. And the son answered, Daddy, I'm here. He goes, come out, come out now. This is a true story, okay? He goes, come out now. And, and Armand goes, no, Dad, let my friends come out first because I told them that you will come. Because of a father's faithfulness to his word, 14 children, other than Armand, were saved from that rubble. So now, has that anything... Did the father's faithfulness, that it, did it have anything to do with the child's responsibility or anything, any actions on his part? No. The only thing that the child was required to do or had to do was trust his father. Amen? And that's the same thing with us believers. I know our lives, I know throughout our lives people have failed us. And before we get into that pity party mode, we have to know that we've failed people too. That we have made promises, we were quick to make promises, but yet we weren't good to keep them. Because it felt good at that moment to say, yeah, I'll be there. And then you walk away and everybody, you got the hug that you needed. You got the attention that you needed. You got the smile from your loved one that you needed, that you wanted. But then things, when push comes to shove, you're quick to say, I'm busy. But God's not like that. God is different. We can put our faith in God because we can trust Him. So tonight, we're going to take the angle of God's faithfulness into us trusting God. In Proverbs 3, 5-6, it reads, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and never rely on what you think. This is the good news version. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do. And He will show you the right way. Trusting in God requires us to what? Just to trust Him. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes you're like, Lord, I've been married to the same bonehead for 20 years and He hasn't changed. Why do you keep telling me to trust you? Why do I have to trust you in staying in this marriage? I've been praying for my child to get done, to get done and over with, with his addiction or her addiction. Why do I have to keep praying to you, Lord? Well, I haven't seen my prayers answered. And then you go back here, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will keep your path straight. God is faithful whether we believe that or not. We are told to trust Him. In Moses' state, when he was called, he used many excuses, right? And we, we can all probably relate with him, right? But, but before we get there, the definition of trust is a firm belief in the reliability or truth or ability or strength of someone or something. Right, the, the advertisers, when they say, a name you can trust, right? So because you've, you've bought this brand before and it never failed you, you're like, you know what? I'm never buying nothing but Gucci. <laughs> Very expensive. 
Nothing but Gucci. Not made from China, but made from Gucci. <laughs> right? Because we rely on the brand, because we trust the brand. We trust where it came from. Some of you won't probably not eat what I cook, because you know that I don't know how to cook. But you'll probably eat what my mom has prepared, because you're like, oh, I trust her cooking. Right? So there's, it's the same with God. Because God is faithful. He is true to His word. He said, I am the Alpha and I am the Omega. I am true, no matter, even if you don't believe it, I will do what I say. When he called Moses, when he called Moses, that's, Moses has been in the desert for 40 years shepherding sheep. So we can understand, we can understand Moses' reluctance in, in, in answering the call, right? Because why now? He's probably thinking, why are you calling me now? I can't, I, I don't. I haven't been talking to anybody. I've been, I'm talking like a sheep, like, man, that's the best thing, right? He, he got an excuse, like, call someone else. I'm poor in speech. Folks, how, you, you know what 40 years look like, right? No? I'm 42. <laughs> I'm 42, 77, 1977. That's a long time to not be doing anything for God. And then all of a sudden, God's calling you. And uh, his age at that time was 80 years old. And before that, he knows that he screwed up. Because why? Because all of us are Bible scholars here. We know that Moses killed somebody, correct? When he was 40 years old, when he was being trained in the palace of Egypt to be a statesman, to be a soldier, he was well-educated, he was well-built, he was strong, he loved the Lord. He loved his people. He loved himself. He was full of might. But he ended up killing an Egyptian soldier, which caused him to run away. Correct? But then now God's calling him at 80 years old? <laughs> I'm trying not to <laughs> point you out there, Pastor Charles, but go ahead. <laughs> There's 80 right there. <laughs> at 80 years old, you're being called at 80. And he's saying... Lord, why me? Folks, when God, does it matter who is called or who is calling? When it comes to our faith, what matters is who's calling, right? It's who's calling. Did I misplace that? Okay, that's our, that's our title. And we're going to have that title constantly showing. Relationships, our relationship with the Lord started with trusting him because we trusted that his word in the bible said that if we put our faith on jesus christ we will be saved from the consequences of our sins correct because all have fall short of the glory of god and the consequences of that is eternal fire but the grace of the lord through christ jesus and we put our faith in that. We trusted that word, correct? We do. And our relationship with the Lord started with trust. Same with your relationship with anybody else. You trusted your spouse, hopefully, other than being attracted to them physically and being swept away under your feet with their sweet words or in Dustin's uh, um, what is his, his voice, his beautiful singing, his singing skills, right? 
before we were swept away with that, even with that, we trust them. We trusted them. Any relationship or good working relationship starts and ends with trust. And any relationship that is broken, the first thing that breaks is because they don't trust each other anymore. Yes, the feeling of love isn't there. They'll say, oh, I don't feel loved anymore. I'm not happy anymore. But there's also that part where I don't trust him or her. So relationships starts and is, is molded and established by trust. Same with our trust with the Lord. Same with our relationship with the Lord. We need to be trusting Him. What's the point of staying in a relationship if you don't trust them anymore? Because anything that they do, anything that they say, whether it's for your good or not, you won't trust it. So there's no point of staying in that kind of relationship, correct? That's a failed relationship. Moses faced, at that point, he was faced to trust God. That God was the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, was the one that chose him, chose him to talk to the most powerful man in the world at that time, with the most powerful army at that time. And he needed to trust every single thing that God has said. In our walk here and now with the Lord, it, against the word that's out there, it seems like it's an impossible thing. Because in this building, you'll find probably 80%, hopefully more than that, that you have, you're seeing eye to eye when it comes to your, your, your faith and your walk and how to live your life. But once you walk out of this building, you go back to your work or you go back to your family that, are, that don't believe in God, you're back to what? To the polluted world that it is. That's all against God's will. You need to be counter-cultural. You need to be intentional. You need to be discerning. You need to be sharp. That whatever they are offering is wrong. It's not good for you. Because everything that the world says is against God's will. And we need to trust in, in God's word that He says when He says, You trust me. You don't trust what the enemy is offering. Stay in your marriage. Keep praying for your child. Keep the faith. Trust me. There's always that need. Our faith is, goes hand in hand with trusting God. We can't be faithful to God if we don't trust Him. So if your faith is failing, you have trust issues. Because why, why would you pray if you don't trust that God can hear your prayers? The prayer that, that is real, okay, not just a, a wish list. Because everybody does a wish list, right? We get a coin, there's the, the pool or a pond. Lord, make me rich. Make me richer. Make me richest. In Jesus' name I pray. Not that kind of prayer. Everybody prays that. But the prayer, the prayer that requires faith and trust are the prayers that, that are sincere. Like when you get down on your knees and you're like, Lord, I'm done. I don't know what to do anymore. I hope you can hear my prayers. Wait, wait I know you can hear my prayers. That's real prayer. 
Why would you even pray that real prayer if you don't trust Him? Now, if you trust Him, you have to know that He is answering, He is going to answer your prayer, whether it's a yes, no, or maybe. That's the worst answer, isn't it? You wait. Because we don't like waiting. We Americans, American Christians, don't like to wait. Right? We want it now. We didn't, we, I needed it yesterday, Lord. I don't want it now. I want it yesterday. Trusting God. Moses was required to trust God. That, tr that God wasn't making the mistake calling an 80-year-old guy that's been pastoring sheep for 40 years that's now going to talk to the most powerful man in the world to release the Hebrews. The biggest thing in his economy with what? With just the words. The Lord has sent me. You're going to have to release them. Here's a stick. <laughs> it required so much faith and so much trusting in God. Our second point is right minus wrong. Remember this right mind? I hated this. When my teacher, the, the teachers in the Philippines, I know there's Tita Lorna here who's a teacher in the Philippines. I think they're like the meanest teachers in the world. Especially when they come up with the right minus wrong. For my American friends who don't know I'm right minus wrong, is if you try to pick, try to guess your answer, that's minus two points. <laughs> so no chamba there. No lucky shot there. But if you know the answer, it's one point. But if you have the wrong answer and you guessed it, minus two. So I always negative, you know. <laughs> I always end up negative, especially if it's a math test. And they want you to show your solution. Why would I show my solution? Can I just A, B, or C, mini, 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 mo? Right? Right mind is wrong. It's the same thing with our faith with God. If you don't trust Him, your faith, your walk in the faith, is completely going to be going south. But Moses said to God, I am nobody. How can I go to the king and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And when you bring the people out of Egypt, you will worship me on this mountain. That will be the proof that I have sent you. Moses hid behind or is using an excuse or use an excuse with an incorrect theology. So folks, I hope, let me have your ear, please. If your theology is wrong, if your knowledge about God is wrong, everything about your faith will be wrong. If you don't know who God truly is, then everything that you think you're doing for Him or to gain His love, or to be in the right position with God, if your theology is wrong, everything is wrong. Right minus wrong. I don't care. Minus two points, correct. I don't care if you think you're the best person in your family because you've sent 12 boxes to your family every month to the Philippines, and you've sent your nephews, your niece, your grandkids to college. If you don't have Jesus as your Lord, you will not go to heaven. Nothing that you can do can earn eternal life for you. And for us believers, stop using that excuse. Why me, Lord? That's an excuse. It's not even a question anymore. 
Because who cares? Look at what God answered here. I will be with you. Basically saying, don't worry about who you are, what you can't do. Don't worry about your failures or your weaknesses. Don't worry about who you are. Just know that I, the Lord, am calling you. And I will be with you. And when you obey me, you will see the result. Because it says here, that will be the proof that I have sent you. What's the proof? The people will come out of Egypt. God already said. God already said the result. That's the best game to play in. If you already know you're going to win, isn't that the best game to play? Like, let's play, and you're going to win. Oh, oh, okay. I'll do that. Buy this investment, and you will make money. Oh, and investments, we're quick to, you know, get suckered in in that one. Because, you know, when it's about money, we're so good to believe it. That's why people fall into those quick money schemes. They're traps. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, must be a duck. If it's easy to get rich, why would those people be telling you how to get rich? They should be, they're going to be doing it. And they won't be charging you. If they really have a lot of money, why would they even charge you $400 to be in those classes? Right? But we're so good to, to get, get suckered in, in those things. Moses hid behind or used an excuse based on incorrect theology. We are often burdened by what God asks us to do because we think He wants us to be the deliverer. We think God is asking us to save our fellow, uh, our, our family who have not surrendered to Christ. We think we're the ones who are supposed to convince them. We think we're supposed to be the one to change people. No, we're not. It's God who's going to deliver them. In response to Moses' first excuse, God basically, basically said, Moses, I do not want to help you do this through me. I want you to do this through you. You guys know what a funnel is? I couldn't find a clean funnel at my house. The only thing that I know how to do uh, with my car is to drive, put gas, change tires, and change the oil. And what I always like to see is the use of that funnel. That funnel is so boring, doesn't it? Don't you think? The design is just like, right? Right? Nothing special, but it's so good because if you don't have a funnel, you're changing your oil, it'll go uh, in other places and you won't have the right amount. Right? Funnels are used to, tr to uh, transfer liquids or anything, chemicals or whatever, or have you, to certain containers. Correct? A funnel just sits there. You just put it there, and then boom, you're transferring the oil. You're God's funnel. We are God's funnel. And what are you supposed to do? Mm, okay, not just sit there, but yeah, kind of. <laughs> Some of you are just really just sitting there. Your whole Christian life, you've been sitting there. Well, Joe said, be a funnel. <laughs> no. Sarcasm. <laughs> we are supposed to be funnels, right? God's funnel. God just streams His blessings through us. We are not supposed to keep the blessing to ourselves. We are supposed to be letting God work through us. That's basically what God asked Moses to do. 
I will work through you. God will do it through you. And first, my phone is... 1 Corinthians 1, 27-29, God purposely chose what the world considers nonsense in order to shame the wise. And He chose what the world considers weak in order to shame the powerful. He chose what the world looks down on and despises and thinks is nothing in order to destroy what the world thinks is important. This means that no one can boast in God's presence. How many times does God, does God have to tell us that He hates the proud? God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. How many times do we need to be reminded that we cannot earn our salvation? How many times that God has to tell us that you just need to yield to His Spirit and He will produce the fruit of the Spirit in you? How many times? Apparently, according to Emma, as many times as needed. <laughs> as many times as needed. <laughs> In regards to salvation and forgiveness of our sins, it is not through our good works. It will never be through our good works. Now, the good works for Him and His glory, even that is not by our own strength but rather by our obedience to trust Him, that He will do it through us. And again, it falls into trusting God. So you are going to obey what He wants you to do because you trust Him. Now you are not obeying because you probably don't trust Him. In regards to how, if we trust that God created us, right? He created us perfectly. He created us in His own image. We are sacred. Right? You probably don't expect where I'm going with this one. So, do you trust Him with your gender? Do you? Good. Because you were sacredly made. Your sex is sacred. Your gender is sacred. Do you trust Him that He wants you to be a boy or a girl? How you were made for Filipinos are flat nose, right? Why do we want Italian nose? I don't know. That's how, that's how people are. It was just this morning, my daughter came up to my wife. She goes, Mom, look at my, look at my curly hair. Because she has straight hair, so she made it. She curled it. And then Anna was just, just getting done straightening her hair. So I'm like, wow, look at this. Perfect example <laughs> that I can use tonight. We are never satisfied for some reason. We always want something that we don't have. Right? We think the grass is greener on the other side. People from the Philippines want to come to the States. People from the States want to go back to the Philippines. Right? There's a story about this girl. I think I shared, shared this a long time ago. There's this lady. She's about like 60 years old, 50, 50 years old, 60. Very young. You know, very young. She got into a car accident. <laughs> she got into a car accident. She went to heaven, saw Peter, and she goes, Peter, I'm too young to die. 
am I doing here? Can you talk to God and see if I can go back there? I've got plans. Peter goes, look at his notes. Okay, this is a joke, okay? This is not. He looks at his notes. Oh, yeah, you're not supposed to be here yet. Go, go back down. I'll, I'll tell God that you know, it was an accident. She goes back. She's alive. What did she do? She went to see Vicky Bello. The most, pop, uh, most uh, popular plastic surgeon in the Philippines. She went to see Vicky Bello. Oh, yeah. Change my look. Change the way I look. Oh, open up my eyes. Give, make me look like Bea Alonzo. <laughs> I just have to draw one person. She started looking so pretty after the surgery. Two days in, she was walking towards the mall. She, got, she gets ran over. Boom. She gets ran over. Goes back to the emergency room. Go see Peter again. <laughs> And then, and then he goes, Peter, what am I doing here? Oh, not again. And Peter goes, who are you? <laughs> wank, wank, wank. You worked better the first time. <laughs> Do you trust God? Do you trust God that your nationality is what he wanted you to have? The people that, is around, that are around you are the people that he wants you to be around with? Whether you like them or not, whether they like you or not, do you trust him? Do you trust him enough to, to, to pray to him endlessly? Do you trust him to obey the things that the things that you don't want to do? Do you trust him to stay in your marriage no matter how challenging it is? <laughs> do you trust him? We need to trust Him because God is faithful. He rewards those who trust Him. Our third point is God will do it through you. Philippians 2.13, I understand that the Amplified Version of the Bible is for personal study. But I want us to see this as a church. It says here, for it is... Not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work that is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for His good pleasure. That's Philippians 2.13 in an amplified version. So do you trust Him? Maybe, maybe. Do you trust him? There you go. Praise God. I got one. <laughs> we have to trust God. Even if we think we're done. Especially when we think we're done. Especially when we think we're done. When we come to our wit's end, where we think, I can't do this anymore, we have to remind ourselves that we can trust God because He is faithful. He is faithful. Now I want to address another crucial piece, which is suicide. Suicide is like tapping out in a wrestling match. Right? You're done. Which reminds me, Alonzo and I wrestled the other day. and Sad to say, I had to tap out. <laughs> now he gets to protect the family. But suicide is basically tapping out in life because we're done. A person has decided he's done with the challenges. 
my plea is is this instead of asking the question is a christian who commits suicide going to heaven we should be asking the question if the person a christian if a christian is done with life why would he commit suicide why would he or she commit suicide if he really trusts god if he really trusted god with his eternal life why can't he or she trust god with his or her life now. Rabbi Zacharias and his, his peers have said that the apo apologetics is not answering the question per se, but it's asking the right questions. The right question to ask is, if a person is a Christian, why would he or she commit suicide? Why would we tap out of this life? Paul, if there was anybody that needed to tap out, Job needed to tap out. The first day, he needed to tap out. Paul went through many shipwrecks, many punishments, imprisonments, and all that good stuff, bad stuff. <laughs> did he tap out? No, he did not tap out. Because he says, even if we are faithless, his, his letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy, even if we are faithless, God is faithful. You know, it's, it's a very sensitive thing because it's like an epidemic right now. Suicide is. And I, I stand here with you, telling you, confessing to you right now that being a pastor is, is really not... <laughs> it makes you want to tap out. <laughs> not in life, but tap out. Because there's many challenges. But praise God, because I know that He has told me that I can trust Him. That I can trust Him. Moses hid behind an inferior self-concept. But the Lord confirmed it. It is not who you are that matters. It is who I am. Folks, it is not who you are. It is who your God is. Whatever challenges you are facing, you may be facing in life, we have to know that God is powerful than any of the giants you might be facing right now. Moses hid behind a poor ability of speech. But when God calls us to a task, He will enable us to do that which He commands. The Lord's response to this excuse it is not your ability that counts, but mine. God's ability. Now, if you don't trust God that He can do all things, anything, then yeah. That's, where your faith, that's why your faith is failing. That's why before I even convince you to, that God is faithful, I want you to understand that you can trust Him. Because He truly is faithful. To the point of trusting God, even to our obedience to Him, that is not even up to us, according to this. <laughs> to will and to act. To will and to act is, is, is by God's strength. I love it. Because my strength fails. I'm a crybaby, apparently. 
a little bit of challenge here, a little bit of criticism there. You're like, oh gosh, why did you call me? <laughs> I love it that it's all up to God, not me, not mine. Because I can't do anything. I can't do anything superficial. I mean, I could do st superficial stuff, I guess. But nothing with eternal purposes. Nothing that will last. If you don't know who God is, what He is about, what His purpose and intention is for you, then there's no point, right? Your faith fails when any ch a challenge comes up. But if you know that God said in Jeremiah 29, 11, that He says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Prosperity, not the how we understand it now. Prosperity, how we understand it, is like money in the bank. Cheese, gold. Prosperity, as God has intended uh, in that verse, is, is peace. Peace with Him. The people that commit suicide don't have peace. They are the ones that are hopeless. They think they're done. Nothing good is going to happen to them. It doesn't matter how many millions of dollars they have in the bank or how popular they are or how loved, beloved they are with, with the society or the world. But they are hopeless. They have no peace because they think nothing is going to be, nothing about their life is going to change. God will do it through you. Now I have to touch in that point, I have to touch the praying part. How is your prayer life, believer, follower of Christ? How is your prayer life? Now your, your faith in Him and your, you trusting Him has to do a lot with your prayer life. Are you praying to Him? Are you lifting everything up to Him? Are you waiting on Him to answer your prayer? So here, do you know God? I'm just going to read the first line. Moses replied, When I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors sent me to you, they will ask, What is His name? And he said, I am. The great I am. Right? Moses hid behind insufficient knowledge. Again, insufficient knowledge. How much of your Bible, how much of our faith are you reading or are you studying? Don't just wear the shirt, have the plate number, put it in your social status on your social media. Don't just have that. Learn more about Him. Because obviously, part of our victory in this life against this world is our right knowledge of Him. Right knowledge of who God is and what He is about, what His will is. Because the world is so good, so deceiving in information. You just have to go through your newsfeed and you think that the world is flat. <laughs> we just need to have enough people to say, oh, the earth is flat. The popular person that you like. Insufficient knowledge of God equals insufficient knowledge of His ways and His will. Moses used it. He tried to use it. Who, who, who is sending me? God already talked to him. He already saw a bush that's burning, but it's not burning in itself, but it's on fire. 
That's why if you are haven't surrendered your life to Christ and you, you think a sign will help you, even if you see a burning bush right now, if you really don't want to put your faith in God, you won't believe it. You'll just think, oh, the aliens burned this thing. Some people believe more in aliens than God. Our last point, do you trust him? 1 Thessalonians 5.24, it reads, He who calls you will do it because he is faithful. He who calls you. Right? When we got into this faith, it was God. Right? It's, it's the most humbling thing is, is when he, that he called us. He said, I chose you. You did not choose me. Although we have full knowledge of what we did when we accepted Jesus as our Lord. We have full knowledge of what we did. But Jesus is good to remind us that I chose you, you didn't choose me. So that person who called you, he is faithful. He will do it. What's the it? What is it that you are struggling with? What is it that you are facing? God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what, what you can bear. Right? So there's no temptation that sees you except what is common to man. But God is faithful. He will always give you a way out. To stand up from under it. So. He is faithful. He will do it. He will see you through. He will enable you. He will give you the strength. Just like what he did with Moses. Moses did not do anything special. He just obeyed. And then Moses got into his point. Moses went to the point of his life. After they got out of Egypt. Right? They got out of Egypt. He was up in the mountain praying to God. And God said, leave these people. Leave them. For they are idiots. Right? I've done so many signs in front of them, but yet they still want to do something else and worship someone else. Leave them so I can destroy them. And I will start anew with you. But Moses, what did Moses say? Moses knew better at that point. He knew, he knew who God is. He already knew who God is. And he said, Lord, if you're not going to go with us, we'd rather not go. Right? He, he want, now he knows that he can't have, he can't live his life without God. And he pleaded for the Israelites. Because he, know, he knows that God is, is, is a forgiving God. Because if God can use him, a murderer... If God chose him a murderer and have forgiven him and given him the privilege to rescue the Hebrews, maybe God can forgive them too. So God, Moses knew it better. Moses' Moses's faith and trust in God improved tremendously. Moses did not trust God completely though, but when he said, send someone else. Because if he trusted God, the God that was calling him, he would have just said, sure. But they needed, he asked that Aaron go with him, right? Because he has poor speech. But throughout that journey in the desert, Moses failed again. He lost his temper. He was not given the, 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 the privilege to see the promised land, to enter the promised land. But he, guess what, guys? Guess what, church? Even though he failed, even though he failed, God still saw him through. Sometimes in this Christian life, unfortunately, we will still fail. 
sometimes we will still fall. Sometimes we will still fall into that temptation. Sometimes we will still do something that we know is just, gosh, Lord, I knew that was wrong, but I still did it. But God is faithful. God is faithful. The Moses that doubted God was calling him. The Moses with all those excuses wrote Deuteronomy 7.9. One of the books that he wrote. One of the five books that he wrote. He reads here, remember, this was his final plea to the, the people. Remember that the Lord your God is the only God and that he is faithful. He, God, will keep his covenant and show his constant love to a thousand generations of those who love him and obey his commands. If you remember in Exodus 3, there's a part there where God said, I remember them because of my servants, Abraham, Jacob, right? He started telling Moses about his people that were faithful to him. The Israelites were like Egyptians at that time already. They were already they were already adjusted to their the culture that was in Egypt. They were worshiping other gods already. But God is faithful even if we are faithless. God died on the cross and sacrificed his life on the cross while we were his enemies. While we were his enemies. His gift of salvation was given even before we even asked for it. Even before we think we needed it. Most of the time when God calls us, we don't feel qualified. Or we don't feel worthy. We think we lack the courage, the strength, the wisdom, the money, the experience, the education, the organization, the backing. We feel like Moses, when from out of the burning bush, God called him to speak for him before Pharaoh. And Moses answered, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent. I am slow of speech and tongue. Please send someone else. That's Exodus 4, 10 to 13. Not me. Not me, God. I'm afraid. I'm weak. I'm poor. I'm stupid. I'm unqualified. I'm intimidated. And I'm just scared. Not long ago, that is exactly how I responded. <laughs> That's how I responded. But praise God, it's been four years that I still cry to Him. And I still lift everything up to Him. And I'm always honest with Him. And He is always faithful to me. It's never my desire to be intimidated. It's never my desire to be scared. It's never my desire to say I can't do it. Because I want to think that I can do it. I want to think I'm never scared. I want to think that I know what I'm doing. But the truth is, it's not the case all the time. But guess what? God knows everything. God knows what's best. That's why when we're praying to Him, lifting up our requests to Him, we need to trust that He knows better, betterer than us, right? <laughs> he knows what's best for us. That's why when things are not working out, and we remind ourselves of Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good 
of those who love Him, those who are called according to His purpose. We have to understand that, okay, things might not be, might be in disarray, but I know God is in control. If He calls us to slay giants, He will make us into giant slayers. Just like David against Goliath. God doesn't call the qualified, but He qualifies the called. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your truth tonight, about your faithfulness, about your power, about your wisdom. Thank you, Father, for your truth of who you are. Thank you for being who you are. We thank you for giving us the privilege to be adopted into your family through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. We pray, Lord, I pray, we pray, that whatever challenges we may be facing, however big, however impossible it may seem or it may feel like, we trust, Lord, that you know our pain, know you know our hopelessness, we trust that you see all things and that you know all things. And we trust that you have the power to rescue us from it. We lift up all our needs over to you. Rescue us, Lord God. Those of us who are in trouble, rescue us, help us. Those, who are, those of us who are struggling with any temptation that's keeping us from walking hand in hand with you, I pray, Lord God, that you just enable us and equip us to obey you and trust in you. We thank you, Father, for everything that you have said to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.